it's the eve before the NBA Finals, and I'm so excited, so excited for this good basketball we're about to see. But I'm also excited because I got my weekend pass to the Tallahassee Regional for uh, college baseball. I get to see Florida State when um have uh, two guys from Lincoln on the team, uh, Tyler Holton, who's injured, and uh, Austin Pollock, who I, I taught last year and, and watched play earlier baseball. But I also get to see the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Hell State. Coming from uh, Starkville, Mississippi to this regional. I'm excited to see some good baseball this weekend. Excited for, for the basketball tomorrow and baseball this weekend. Some good weekend of sports coming. Here we go with a new episode of Sip the Tally Podcast. And we back out the mud with the Sip the Tally Podcast. This is an episode that has to do all about the NBA Finals. It starts tomorrow. Tonight's uh, Wednesday. You got the Cavs versus the Warriors part four. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Cavaliers and the Celtics. What happened in that series and... Same thing with the Rockets and the Warriors, and uh, let's run it from there. Uh, first up, the Cavs and the Celtics. Uh, the good thing about the, that matchup was the Cavs kind of relied totally on LeBron. It was LeBron and a bunch of guys. I'm glad that um, Jeff Green showed up the, the game seven to help him out and, um, you know, give him some support because really Kevin Love with the concussion, JR. Um, not really making shots. Uh, riding a hood, buried on the bench. Uh, all those guys he traded for really not living up to expectations. The only guy that's really doing what he's expected is Tristan. Tristan got offensive rebounds and, you know, uh, pushed the tempo a little bit. Well, pushed Al Horford a little bit around. But uh, the good thing about the Celtics, they're young. They got a lot of experience coming back for next year. And they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals without their two best players. Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward obviously uh, broke his leg opening night, and uh, I think Kyrie did something with his knees. And so coming back next year, they, they have a high draft pick. They have all those guys back. If they choose to keep them, then they should get a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Gordon to push whoever in the Eastern Conference next year. Um, as far as the Cavs, ugh, the Cavs have LeBron, his heart. He's obviously the best player in the game, and he's willing the Cavaliers to uh, the NBA Finals again for a fourth straight time against the Golden State Warriors. Do they have a chance? Not really sure. I don't think so. But uh, he's in there for the eighth straight time, and that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Not really sure what uh, his legacy is with this big, huge debate with him and Michael Jordan. And I saw uh, Kerry Tram- Champion try to throw Kobe in that mix uh, yesterday. No, Kobe's not even the best two-guard in the league. So he can't even get into the all-time debate. But um, moving on to the Golden State Warriors and the Rockets. To me, that was the NBA Finals, in my opinion. Uh, Golden State put up a heck of a fight once Chris Paul went out. Went out. But with Chris Paul in there, they were kind of shaky. Chris Paul was that, that steady guy, that leader that the Rockets needed. Um, his, his toughness, his tenacity. Uh, and the games they won, he kept them in the game when the Warriors were having those big third quarters. He also uh, guarded Kevin Durant. Now, you think Chris Paul is probably, what, 6'1", 6'2", maybe. Durant's like 6'10", 6'11", 7'2", wingspan. And he would get up in Durant and not let him put the ball down, so all he could do was really just shoot over him. And if he make it, fine. If not, you know, that's a rebound for the Rockets, which he didn't make a lot of those shots because Paul was so close on um, but what, in my opinion, uh, when Golden State, not Golden State, when the Rockets were playing that tough physical defense and the refs didn't call fouls, that was their advantage. 
Now my thing is with this game shouldn't have, this series shouldn't have went seven games. If the refs are going to call fouls differently in the playoffs than they call in the regular season, they need to call whatever the entire regular season because the defense that the Rockets were playing, even though it was tough at early '90s '80s style defense, they don't let those guys play that in the regular season, and so they shouldn't be able to play it in the playoffs. And if they let them play in the regular season, it's fine in the playoffs. So just be consistent. That's all you can ask for. Now, those games where uh, Houston won, that's what they were doing. They were getting up in Golden State. They were uh, all up in the grill. They, you know, they contested every shot. And a lot of times they were, quote unquote, fouling on shots. But, you know, they weren't calling it. And so, you know, they would let them get away with being physical and whatnot. Because Golden State is a finesse team. Obviously, they have great shooters. But they just not, they don't have a, a rough and tough guy other than Draymond and maybe David West. Let's talk about the series individual, going back to Cavs and the Celtics. Uh, game one, the Celtics won 108 to 83. Really wasn't a contest the entire game. They, uh, I think they ran them from start to finish. You could tell that, um, you know, they just, they looked younger, more energetic, more enthused. Uh, coming back to game two, they also won game two, 107 to 94. That game was a little bit closer, but later on in the game, you can see the uh, Cavs kind of wear down, and uh, the supporting Cavs for LeBron really didn't help him at all. Nobody really made shots, and um, he had a bunch of numbers, but you know he really couldn't do it by himself. Somebody else needs to step up. Uh, game three, they shift to Cleveland. Uh, LeBron had a, had a monster night. Uh, some of his supporting guys showed up. Uh, JR hit a few shots. Kevin Love hit a few shots. Uh, Jeff Green played good. Tristan played good. Um, uh, Kyle Corbin made a few shots and they won that game by about 30 points. Uh, then came game four and I felt like whoever won game four would win the series and Cleveland came out and won by nine. Uh, LeBron had another big game. Uh, his supporting cast stepped up and did just enough to get them over the hump. And at this point in the series, I didn't think Boston would win another game. I thought inexperience would, would hurt them. And, um, I, it seemed to have, but not the next game. The next game, they went back to Boston. They took care of business. Uh, won by 16. Held the class to 83 points. Again, LeBron's supporting cast disappeared. He might as well have been playing with a bunch of guys from the Rick Center. Come back to game six in Cleveland. You know Cleveland's going to be amped up for it. I think uh, Kevin Love didn't play. Because, uh, or is this the game he got hurt with a concussion? And Cleveland went on to win that game um, by 10 points. And so next came game seven, which is we had game seven on Sunday. We had one on Monday. So Sunday's game seven, Cleveland and Boston Celtics in Boston. Uh, comes out, LeBron, first half, LeBron barely playing defense. But I tell a friend of mine that um, he's really just saving himself, I think, for the second half. And Boston had, had the lead, but they didn't put him away. They had a good run going. They just couldn't put him away. And then the second half, LeBron started to uh, exert himself a little more. And then, what? lo and behold, the other Cavs showed up. So now with LeBron playing full speed, full speed didn't didn't go go hard in the first half. He was playing lackluster defense. And on top of the fact that Boston just was jacking threes and, and not making them. That's where that inexperience came in. At. The only person really was being consistent with Boston was uh, Jason Tatum. But Rozier jacking up shots, missing them. Um, Al Horford not really being a presence in the paint, jacking up threes, missing them. And that, that let the, the Cavaliers just work back in, work back in, work back in. Then Jeff Green showed up. Jeff Green showed up and hit uh, 19 points, if I'm not mistaken. 
uh, Kyle Pulver hit a uh, mean three on two people at the top of the key, and JR hit a shot every now and then. So now you got the, the Boston Celtics down eight with about two minutes left, and they get what we call, my friends of mine call the lemon booty. They got tight. They got tight. They didn't know how to react. They didn't know how to how to push through and get over the hump. And lo and behold, you have LeBron with a lackluster cast headed back to his eighth straight NBA Finals. All right, let's switch to the wits. You got um, game one, Golden State won um, in Houston, 119-106. You had one of those third quarter flurries from uh, Curry and Durant. And um, really, the Houston Rockets just, you know, they, they were stunned. They wouldn't, I don't think they were prepared for what, you know, what uh, Golden State had for them. They were testing out things and trying to see what would work. And they, they didn't shoot very well either. Maybe it was because... You know, Paul's first time in, in the conference finals and the other guys, but they didn't shoot very well. James Harden got his, but they didn't shoot very well. Moving on to game two. Rockets uh, come back, you know, kind of defend their home court a little bit, win 127 to 105. They were lights out behind the three-point line. Lights out. Eric Gordon, uh, Ariza, James got his. Chris with, with uh, his toughness and his uh, mid-range shot. And even Chris took a step back. A part of his game that I didn't know he had, he could shoot a three like that. I didn't know. I knew he could make them occasionally. But Chris was was, was deadly from three-point line. Uh, game three, go to Golden State. This was a total laugher. I think maybe with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Golden State was up by like 34, 35, and they kind of kept that lead throughout the game. So when they cleared the bench toward the end of the game, I don't know what was in Quinn Cook's mind, but Quinn Cook ran off for 11 points in about three minutes and pushed that lead to 40. I guess he was determined on making them lose by 40, and they ended up losing by 42, if I'm not mistaken. Our game four, which I know everybody in America thought Golden State would probably win, myself included, and the Houston gutted out a 95-92 win. Um, Golden State didn't shoot very well. The Rockets didn't shoot very well. But Chris Paul... With weather that Golden State third quarter flurry by hitting a bunch of mid-range jump shots and playing some good D on Steph. And um, so they, they eked that game out and then you kind of had some doubt to creep in your mind going back to Houston 2-2. So now we're thinking whoever we'll win game five probably could win this series. So come game five, back in Houston. This is another great basketball game. Game four and game five of this series is what basketball was all about. If you are not a basketball enthusiast after those two games and, and kind of want to see your games like that all the time, you hide up under the rock. Cause that is what basketball was all about. Those That was some great basketball. And um, the Rockets pulled out both of those games, holding Golden State to 92 points in one, 94 in the other. Now, in that game five, I think Draymond just pissed down his lead. He had, uh, he had two or three turnovers late in the game. He... Um, Got a rebound, should have called a timeout, ended up passing the ball, and then they got the timeout so they couldn't advance the ball to half court. And so then, even after the timeout, they gave Steph the ball, he throws it up court to Draymond, I guess, to maybe set a screen or get something else. But by the time Draymond catches the ball, he takes off running, another turnover, it's like two seconds left, they lose that game. So blame that one on Draymond. But at the end of that game, Chris Paul gets hurt with maybe like Two minutes left in the game, he does a spin move and a little fadeaway in the paint on. I'm not sure who was on and pulls his hamstring. And you know, they eat that win out. You know, the series changed in that moment. So come game six back in Golden State, Golden State takes care of business, wins um, 115 to 86. 
another big blowout game uh, by 30 points. A huge um, third quarter, well, a huge game by Clay. By Clay, Clay ended with up with 35. I'm not mistaken. He kind of did this. He had nine threes. He kind of did the same thing to um, Kevin Durant, and Russell Wilson, a couple years ago, when uh, Russell then was up three one, well three two rather, and uh, Warriors were trying to get back. Clay hit 11 threes in that game. Now setting up big game seven, which was Monday, uh, Memorial Day. And um, again, Chris Paul didn't play, and Andre didn't play for Golden State. So uh, Chris Paul's injury is a lot more serious than than Andre. And and as far as being on the court, I think Chris Paul would be missed more than Andre. But going into Game Seven, uh, the Rockets came out on fire. I think they led by uh, 17 at one point, and and Golden State was all he was doing was ISO ball. You know, Clay they would uh, run pick and rolls, and then whoever would switch on the pick and roll, they'd do ISO. And then guys would kind of stand around. But that's not the Golden State that we all see all, all, uh, all uh, season, rather. So they, they're used to moving back screens, back cuts. And the only one that was doing that consistently was Clay Thompson. But Clay picked up three fouls in the first quarter. So now the only guy that really has a rhythm shooting the ball is on the bench. Uh, the Rockets going this huge run. Um, James Harden's hitting shots. Uh, Clint Capella's, you know, catching alley you catching lobs, getting offense rebounds, putting it back. And they, they're doing an amazing job of just pretty much playing nice, solid D and um, hitting their shots on offense. Even uh, Eric Gordon's in the mix. Eric Gordon, at one point, is unstoppable. But I think Eric Gordon, as good as he is, I think his stamina is, is second tier. Because he would give you all he got in that first half and, and look pretty much unguardable. In the second half, he'll disappear like his, his legs go. But anyway, come back third quarter, you already know what happened. Golden State comes out with a flurry. Uh, Steph gets, gets hot. KD gets hot. Clay's back in the game now with those three fouls, even though he picked up a fourth early in the quarter. He has a rhythm. Uh, Draymond's pushing the tempo. And um, they just come back, and before you know it, that's, they I think they closed the lead to 11 at half. That 11-point lead turned into an eight or nine-point lead for Golden State going to the fourth quarter. So that's like a 20-point swing. So now it's a little seesaw back and forth in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Rockets never really get the lead, but they're close enough to to, to win the game. And then uh, I think Reggie Miller says this stat, and thank the whole world is shook. The Houston Rockets had missed their last 25 three-point shots. Listen to me. 0 for 25, the last 25 shots they missed. They were getting shots at the rim. Uh, Gordon was getting to the rim, getting layups. Capella was. Harden had even started getting to the rim. But they missed 25 straight jump shots and then hit one for the last 33s. What part of the game, or what, I'm sorry, not what part of the game, when as a coach do you say, okay, let's try something different? We still, we still, they still were down only eight or nine points. But they just kept shooting threes, kept not making, kept not making. As a coach, I know it's your system, shoot layups or threes, but at some point in the game, you got a chance to go to the NBA Finals, and you are not hitting those threes. At what point do you just not tell them to put their head down and try to get to the ring? Or at least work on the mid-range game and play a little defense. Never happened. They just kept shooting, kept shooting, and it wasn't even the stars that were making, taking all the shots. You had uh, some of the role players taking shots. You had Ariza taking shots. You had um, number four, I can't remember his name, but uh, 
he, he was a pretty good defender and rebounder. He, he was taking shots. Even though he made them in their wins, at that point in the game, it was tight. Uh, chance to go to the finals online. I'm sure he was nervous. That guy wasn't supposed to be shooting those threes, man. But anyway, now we had this matchup. Uh, act four, Cavaliers versus Golden State. In my mind, the Cavs don't stand a chance. They, uh, I think it'll be a gentleman sweep, 5-1. I'm sorry, 4-1. Um, I think maybe they win maybe game four with, after it being 3-0. And uh, Golden State will, will, will um, celebrate on their home court in game five. Now, that's without Iguodala. If Iguodala comes back, I may, well, I'm leaning towards sweep. I'm leaning towards sweep. Because LeBron can't take off the first half and then raise his level of play and still be close with these guys because they take off the first half and raise their level of play in the fourth quarter. And if Love doesn't play, if his guys don't make shots, I'm, I'm sorry LeBron is the greatest player in the league right now, but that's not enough. I think KD is, is just as good as LeBron when he wants to be. Uh, Steph is probably shooter I never play is right behind Steph as being one of the better shooters I've ever seen. And uh, it's a tall task for the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers, but I'm all Golden State right now. And, you know, Golden State is one of the few teams I pay money to see right now. I go see the Heat, which is my team, and Golden State. But, um, you know, game start tomorrow. Um, I hope everybody enjoy it. I'm going to tune in and, and, and analyze and break it down and be on Twitter, you know, out there tweeting with the masses. It's like... Um, when, when the game comes on and everybody goes to Twitter, it's like we all watching the game together. And that's something I enjoy doing. Even in my group chat, my friends, we all talk about it and, and go from there. And we had this huge debate today about LeBron and, and his help. Um, yeah. Somebody sent, sent us a picture of Kobe when he won a championship. He had Paul Gasol at, at center, a power forward, Andrew Bynum. He had a Shannon Brown, uh, Lamar Odom. Uh, had a few more guys, and and they said that that team was worse than the team LeBron had. I had to disagree because at that point in time, Lamar was make averaging like ten and six, maybe fifteen and six at that time. I, I think Paul Gasol was the best big man in the league at that time. Bynum was a young bull, kind of like Tristan Thompson, you know, get offensive rebounds and block shots and stuff like that. You also had Shannon Brown on that team who could defend any guard. You had um. Who else was out there with them? Obviously, Kobe, you know, <laughs> what more can you say you got Kobe? Because he going to wheel, wheel you some wins and keep you in the game and a lot of those other things. Um, but that team that Kobe was on, I think he got, that was his first championship without without um, Shaq. And that team had way more help than what LeBron has. So I'm going to salute LeBron and for getting to this eighth straight final with this uh, red ball team he has. And I can't wait to see the final start tomorrow. This uh, Sip the Tele podcast, next episode will be out tomorrow. So tomorrow while the game's on. If you don't follow me already, go follow me on Twitter at Coach Evans 9 Coach Evans 9 And also, before you click out of this podcast, make, you, make sure you subscribe, uh, like it, uh, comment down in the box if you want to. But definitely uh, follow me on Twitter, Coach Evans 9 and we can talk back and forth and talk about what's going on in the NBA Finals. And uh, just life in general. Any other sports you want to talk about, I'm down for it. Hit me up. It's a Sip the Tele podcast. Another episode in the books. Appreciate you, everybody. We out.